just say I had such an awesome time on Thursday being here for team night. If you guys didn't make it, like, y'all missed out. They go hard on Thursdays. And I want to be quite honest with you. We split up into, like, team games. And my team got cheated. Um, I'm going to harbor a little bit of unforgiveness for right now. Because it's still a little fresh. My team should have won. Table three, where are you at? Table three. We should have won this tower building contest, but table one cheated. And most of the time, when there's like a guest, there's a little bit more leniency to the guest. Nobody cared that I was on table three. Not a single care in the world. Um, so I'm gonna just pray about that on my own time, that the Lord helps me for, forgive on that. But I had such an amazing time with the exception of losing. I don't like to lose. Um, but if you guys, man, if you guys don't, if you guys are missing out on team night, y'all are really missing out. Um, it was an amazing time of worship to start. Some team building stuff afterwards. An amazing word from Pastor. Like everybody who gets up to speak, whether they're just doing announcements, offering. Like they got a whole five point message and it's fantastic. You learn the entire time. Um, so I loved it. So anyway, I am super excited to be here. This is like a second family. Pastor Rowe. Uncle Roe, as Ignite calls him, I, I call him Papa Roe sometimes because sometimes he got to father me into like, hey, bro, chill out. Like, you know what I mean? So I call him Papa Roe, Pastor Lisa, Pastor Ruben. You guys have some amazing pastors here. If you don't already know that, I'm telling you now. Um, they, the Marquezes as well, like these people... I'm not, obviously, I'm not here every Sunday, yet all of them somehow find a way to reach out and pour into my life almost on like a weekly basis just to make sure I'm doing okay, um, just to make sure our connection and our relationship is strong. So y'all really have, have leaders that, are, that walk what they talk. They don't just like say we're all about community. They don't just say that we're all about loving each other. They actually walk the walk. Um, so... With that being said, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about myself. So my name is Mike. I'm from Ignite Church over in Newark. I have two amazing children that are growing up way too fast. Um, they tell you that it all flies by before you have kids or like when your wife gets pregnant or something, they tell you, oh, it's going to go by really fast. And it's one of those things that you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, until it actually happens. And it's like, boom, my daughter's five already. And I'm like, well, I remember just finding out that I was having a daughter. And now all of a sudden she's five with the sass of a 17, 18 year old. So I am in a lot of trouble when she turns into a teenager. And then I have my son. He just turned one back in October. He is like the Incredible Hulk. This is the most brolic child I've ever seen in my life. He is shredded. And I'm like, where did you get that from? Like, just natural genetics. He doesn't lift or anything, but he looks like he does. His back is more toned than mine, way more toned than mine. And then I have a beautiful wife as well. Um, we are going to be... We are going to be um, celebrating. Oh, I should have thought about this number before I uh, before I even brought it up. Right, bum, bum. Um, We are going to be celebrating six years of marriage this year in June. Um, that is another time that's like flown by. Yeah, yeah. I love her. I love her so much. Um, but they wish that they could be here. They could not. So, my love from my family. So. As Pastor Rowe was saying, this is a munificence is the series. I have never heard of this word until I was told about it. And I was like, what? he was like, yeah, man, it's, it's going to be like a generosity month. And we called it munificence. And I'm like, okay, like, what, what does that mean? So it means like generosity, giving above and, and, and beyond pretty much the, the minimum requirement. Um, so today we're, I titled my message, I Give My Life. And I want to talk about the generosity in giving our lives to the call of Christ. Being generous with the way that we live, being generous with our action, being generous with our mentality, being generous from the inside out. Not just what we can physically give monetarily with money, 
but what we can provide to our community, our family, and our friends in everyday life. Because that's a huge part of generosity, being generous, is, is the way you live your life and the way that you, you do things and the way that you approach things. So come with me to Romans 12. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Let us pray real quick. Lord, I thank you for today, God. I thank you for what you're doing in Kuhau, God. I thank you for what you're doing in this community, God, and what this community is doing for you in this city, God. Lord, I just pray that you have your way in this service, God. Let it not be what I need to say or what I'm thinking, God. Let it all be straight from you. Let everything that comes out of my mouth be an echo of what you're trying to say to your people this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So I, um, I just started doing this, like with my teachings, giving definitions. People do that a lot, and I feel like it like really helps out. So I looked up what generous meant, right? It says, showing more of something as money or time than is strictly necessary or expected. So being generous is like going above and beyond. It's, this is the minimum requirement here. I'm going to go above and beyond with that. So when I'm saying let's be generous with our lives, what I'm saying is, the minimum expectation that the Lord is asking from us, hey, let's, let's, let's go a little bit above and beyond on that one. Like, let's, let's push a little bit further. And if you look right at the beginning of, of Romans 12 here, take us back there for a second. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around, and place it before God as an offering. Your everyday life. And I like how the message version here lists examples as if we don't know what our ordinary life is, it wants to point it out to you. The simplicity of your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around. See, a lot of that gets lost in the shuffle with what we do. A lot of us, including myself, get lost in, man, I'm going to live my church life for the Lord. I'm going to live my social media for the Lord. And post on social media like that, I, I live for the Lord. I get caught up in that sometimes too. This is saying the simplicity, take your everyday ordinary life, sleeping, eating, going to work, all of that, and lay it before God as an offering. An offering is a symbol of devotion. That means everything that you do, let it be a symbol of your devotion to the Lord. Your devotion to living your life generously for the kingdom of God. You're sleeping. People should be able to see you sleep and see how devoted you are to the Lord. I don't know how, but they should be able to do it. You're eating. You should eat unto the Lord. I eat unto the Lord with like, with vigor. Like, ah, I'm all for it, God. Give me a pizza, and I'm doing it unto your name, Lord, right? Go above and beyond with my eating. I am generous with my eating. Above what's strictly necessary. You tell me I'm 2,200 calories a day? I got you at 5,000, baby. Don't test me. Don't test my generosity with my food. Now, I will not give my food to people. That's something the Lord is still working, but I will eat my food for the Lord. Going to work. Your going to work should look like a symbol of devotion to the Lord. What you do at work, the way you communicate at work, how you deal with tense situations. And I don't know about you guys, that's really hard. Um, my work has some testy people. 
don't know about, maybe it's just mine and you guys all have saints at your job. If so, are you hiring? Because I cannot take my employees anymore. Um, it should be a symbol of devotion and that's difficult. It takes a little bit of effort. Like, I, I need to really try at this one. And then you're walking around life. We, we should be able to go to like a grocery store and have that be a symbol of our devotion to the Lord. Like people should be able to just see that we're devoted to the Lord based off of where we are, what we're doing. Everything should be, be um, pouring from, from the inside out, right? Everything that's on the inside that the Lord is doing on the inside should be able to be seen on the outside. If you come with me to Colossians here, Colossians 3, I kind of touched on this a little bit on Thursday night. So once again, another plug. If you weren't there, you should be there on Thursday night for team night. But it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. See, we've been put on an assignment here in our community. We've been put on an assignment here at our jobs. We've been put on an assignment here at the grocery store, at Stop and Shop or ShopRite or whatever. We've been put on an assignment. And when you're living your life generously, when you're living your life as an offering, you're living every part of that as an offering, as a sacrifice. Whatever you do with all of your heart after the Lord, a symbol of devotion after the Lord because we're serving the Lord. We're not serving humanity. We're not serving our bosses. We're not serving anybody else but the Lord when it comes to this. And they should be able to see that symbol of devotion right from the get-go, putting all your effort into it. And it kind of makes me think of back in the day, like middle school days, I used to play basketball, right? I was a baller. Kobe. No, I wasn't. So, I wasn't good enough to make the high school team or anything else after that. But, no, I don't need the Oz. It's okay. I really wasn't good enough. I know. I'm still not. Um, but in middle school, they let everybody on the team. So I made it. I made it on the team. And the way that they used to divvy it up, right? The first quarter would be one, like, first string. Second quarter would be second string. Third, third string. Fourth, fourth string. So all the good people would be in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. First quarter, you want to set the tone, right? You want to take like a 50, 60 point lead. And then the fourth quarter, just in case you're down or it's a close game, you want to have your best people in so that way they can keep it close. Then your second string, they were like, okay, we need to keep the momentum going, whatever. Third string is like, doesn't really matter. We're coming in from halftime. Like we're either up by 40 or down by 40. It's middle school. So it doesn't really matter. I got put on, on third string. Um, I was with the string that didn't really matter. So, I know, I know, but it's okay.
It's game time. The effort is here. The effort is needed for this city. Your generosity with your life, whatever you do, whatever you do, what does that look like? Praying? Maybe it looks like just saying hi to somebody. Maybe it looks like stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit. I don't know about you, but I mean, at least, you know, where, where we're from, I don't like looking at people that I don't know. As a matter of fact, sometimes the fact that you made eye contact with somebody means you want to fight out of nowhere. You made eye contact. They look, yo, what, what? What's I'm like, bro, my goodness, like, leave me alone, man. I was just, there was like, there was something over there that I wasn't even looking at you. So maybe, maybe it's just saying hi. Maybe it's just acknowledging somebody's there. Maybe it's just a simple, simple conversation. Your generosity shouldn't turn on when the cameras turn on. Your generosity should be the way that you're, you're living everyday life. Your generosity shouldn't be shown on Instagram only. We're, where we only worry about our community when there's, there's a phone camera on us. Or we only worry about our community when we're on Facebook Live or Instagram Live. We only worry about our community when there's people watching. That's not living a life generously. That's, you know, pandering to a crowd almost, right? In, like, in the nicest way possible, right? We need to live our lives generously. What, what are we doing when the camera's off? What are we doing when, when nobody's watching? Are we still living our lives? Are we still living as if this is a game? As, the, as, ugh, as if this is the game. Are we still living generously like this is practice? As if like the minutes don't really matter? Are we still living as if we have time to waste? Are we still living as if it doesn't really matter what we do because this takes no effect? What we're doing takes no effect? No. We need to live our lives like this is the real thing because it is. It's the real thing whether Instagram is on or not. It's the real thing whether Facebook is on or not. It's the real thing whether there's a camera pointed at me or not. My effort is gonna stay the same in serving my community, in living my life as an offering. Our effort needs to stay the same regardless. When you live as a sacrifice in generosity, your, decision, your decisions should be influenced by the Lord's views and not society's. Your decisions that you make should be made based on what the Lord would do. And that's really hard. Like, we're not perfect, guys. I'm like the last one who's perfect. I'm preaching to myself pretty much here. Like, it's, it's not easy when, when you go to a gas station and the Lord's like, pray for this person. No, they're going to think I'm weird. I'm not going to do that. Or, well, what if I pray for them and they get offended? Like, that's a real fear. You tell somebody God bless and they're offended. God forbid you say Merry Christmas. Like, don't even get me started on that. Like, immediately offending people. And it makes it hard for us to be generous with our lives. It makes it hard for us to step out of our, our comfort zone with this constant fear of being offend, offensive to somebody. I mean, if you look, come back with me to Romans 12. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. You fit into it without even thinking. That just means going through the motions. You can't tell who I'm devoted to and who I'm not devoted to. You can't tell the difference between somebody who has God and somebody who doesn't have God. And it's not in like a holy, holier-than-thou righteous way. No, 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 no. We just need to look different. You know what? You know, in, um, can you pull up the picture of the car for me? Look at this car. This is the hottest car on the market. Look at the color. It's all neon yellow and ugly blue. Even though blue is my favorite color, does not fit there. These, this is a European police car. This one here. Do you know why they make it so ugly and make it stand out like that? So that you can see them from far away. You got it. That was good. That means if this thing, if this car is in a car with like a, a lot with like a thousand cars, 
You should be able to see this car standing out from all of them. Why? Because that's somewhere you can turn for help. That's somewhere that if I need assistance in the moment, I'm not going to run to like just a Toyota Corolla over here or just like a rent. I'm not going to start knocking on windows. I don't have to do that because this stands out so much. I know exactly where to run to. I don't need to deviate from my path. I don't need to get distracted by everything else that's around me. No, no, no. I need assistance and I need it now. That's where I'm going to go because it stands out. That's what the Lord wants us to look like. That's what the Lord's asking us to do. Live our lives so generously as a sacrifice unto the Lord that we stand out. And I'm not talking, I'm not just talking about in giving monetarily. Like, that's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't give money. You know, give money. It's nice. <laughs> but what I'm saying is it goes even farther beyond that. Like money is just like a scratch on the surface with living our lives generously. Our community needs help. My job needs help. The people at my job, they, they need help. And if they don't know where to go, some of them don't know that Jesus is the one that's going to solve everything, right? So I need, to, I need to stand out a little bit so they can come to me. They, they need to be able to look at us, look at Kuhau in Staten Island and be like, man, I, I need help. That looks different. I, I think they can help me. And again, not, not in like a holier than thou thing, like we're the great. No, 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 no. Our job is just to point them to Jesus. And if they don't know where to go, they can come to us and ask for directions, right? Like the church is supposed to be the hospital for the broken. And if that's the case, we're the paramedics. It's our job to go out and get them here. It's our job to go out and be like, hey, I may not be the surgeon, but I know a surgeon. I know a very good one. I may not be the one who can perform the heart transplant, but I know the best heart doctor on the planet. Like, I, I may not be able to perform brain surgery in the field, but I can take you to probably the best hospital possible, with the best doctor possible, with the best staff possible. This, this is a staff that's willing to give their lives for yours. You know, in John 3, 16, it's like one of the most common Bible verses ever. For God so loved the world that he gave. He loved the world so much his response was, was giving. His response was generosity. It doesn't say that he loved the world so much that he came and hung out with us. Although he wants to, and although he does, he comes here, he's very present here. It doesn't say that, that he loved the world so much that he took away heartache. No, 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 no. It says he loved the world so much, he gave. And what did he give? He gave a life. He gave his son's life. Physically gave his life. As in he had to literally die for this. And the Lord's not asking us to physically die. But he's saying, can you give your life? Do you love me enough? Do you love my, my plan enough to give your life? To be different? Do you love it enough to stand out? See, in Ephesians, I don't think I gave Ephesians, that's okay. It says to take off your old self and take holiness and righteousness and put it on put on your new self of holiness and righteousness and when I look at that scripture right I'm like oh that's really good like get rid of the old me put on the new me and then the Lord was like yeah holiness and righteousness are yours it's your decision whether or not to put it on you have to choose to take off your old self and choose to put on the holiness and the righteousness and walk in that and that comes with giving our life. Giving our life for the cause. Like, I don't know about you guys. I, I don't really want to give my life all like that. Like, I want to give my life when I'm ready. I want to give my life when it's comfortable for me, to be honest with you. Like, like I said, the gas station story, 
There was, um, I was at a gas station filling up for like $500 on my truck. Um, regular, by the way. Oh, Lord, if I needed like super supreme, I'm in trouble. But anyway, filling up my $500 tank regular. And the guy, like, I could just tell that the guy had something going on. Um, and at one point, he, he actually vented to me a little bit. He had something going on with his mom. He had something going on with his brother. And the Lord told me when he walked away was like, I really want you to pray for him. And if I could be honest with you, I didn't do it. I actually said, thank you. I took my card back, rolled up my window, and, and I left. And this, like, this conviction came over me. Not like I did something totally wrong or not like the Lord was ashamed in me or anything like that because that couldn't be farther from the truth. What happened to me was the Lord clearly asked me to do something, and I was too scared to. I allowed fear to stop me from living my life as a sacrifice. I was too afraid of what he would think. Now, mind you, he, like, he seemed desperate for it, man. And not for nothing, he probably would have received it with open arms, man. The kid was struggling. But because I was so afraid of what I would look like, I was so afraid of looking different and weird, I decided I'm not going to. I allowed my comfort to be more important than his, his need. If we can be honest, that happens a lot. You, I mean, you guys can say amen, you can agree, or you can secretly take it in because it's all of us. All of us have done it. Like, we, we don't live a perfect life. We're not supposed to. But at the same time, like, sometimes we miss that. Like, the Lord is like, man, I, I really need you with this person here. I need you to be the light. And we're like, ah, electricity is kind of expensive. I don't think so. Like, you know, like, ah, I don't know. Um, uh, that's, that's how I get sometimes. Like, I get, I get really nervous to, to speak to random people. I know you, it might come as a shock because I like talk all the time. But talking to random people scares me. And when the Lord is asking me, hey, I, can you please do this for me? And I'm like, oh, I'm too scared. I, what, what would they think of me? What would they, all of a sudden, I just became way more important. And instead of being different, I allowed, I blended in right with society, with with. The world around me saying like, yes, this is what's normal. Being quiet, staying to yourself, and not saying a word. We weren't called to be regular. We weren't called to be normal. We were called to be different. Now what, here's the question. What is, what is being different? Right? What, what can make me different? Come to John 13. What can make me different? I'll tell you. The Bible will tell you point blank. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. This is by far the most clear instruction the Bible has ever presented to me, ever. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples. So if you have ever asked the Lord... Well, how can I be one of your disciples? Like, how can I prove that I love you, right? Have, has anybody else ever gotten there? Like, you're in prayer and you're like, God, how can I prove I'm worthy or something? You know, by this, everybody will know that you're my disciple. By this, everybody will be able to see a difference if you love one another. Giving your life as a sacrifice to others. Sacrificing your comfort sacrificing what you think is normal, sacrificing what you think is acceptable, and moving in the direction that the Lord is asking you to go. By that, everybody will know. Everybody will see a difference when you're the only one that's not gossiping about everybody else. Everybody will see a difference when four or five of you get into a group and you start bad-mouthing Pastor Rowe and there's all of a sudden there's one person that's just stopped. I'm not participating in this. Y'all should really chill out. Like, this is Pastor Roe we're talking about. He's not perfect, but like we, we can't just be bashing him. All of a sudden, you, you stick out like a sore thumb. All of a sudden, by, by loving one another, you are my disciple. By this, everybody will know you are my disciple. By being different than everybody else. By not caving in to everything else everybody's doing. By not caving into the gossip. 
by not caving into the social media arguments. I inadvertently started a social media argument, by the way, on like Friday. It, I, I don't know how it happened. All I did was complain about expensive gas. And whoa, everybody started blowing up. And I'm like, whoa, everybody, calm down. I don't know why we're so happy paying $100 for gas a gallon. Um, but if you're okay with it, that's fine. Can you fill my tank too? That was kind of more or less where my, my post was going. And all of a sudden, everybody started fighting. Everybody erupted. And I was like, oh, I pushed a button. Cannot unpush this button. So don't do what I did, okay? This is like, I didn't do it to try and start a fight, but all of a sudden, everybody wants to fight. Anybody ever notice that? Like, everybody's just looking to argue. What is that about? Everybody's just looking for something to argue about. Everybody is just looking to have their opinion heard and make you look dumb. And I, that's not loving one another. So, so maybe, maybe we should be different and not participate in that. Maybe, maybe we should, I'm not saying delete social media, but maybe we should, we should, we should take a little a little harder look at like what we're posting and why we're posting it, right? Like does it, I can't tell you how many times, Anthony can be a testament to this. When I first got introduced to Grace, I tell you, he's laughing because he knows. I was a warrior. <laughs> I, I was ready to fight everybody on Facebook. You've got 25 years serving the Lord under your belt. I've got 25 minutes, are you ready? Like, I, I got time today, bro. Like, I was, I, everybody, and I was wrong every time. It was great. And then all of a sudden, like, somebody shuts you up and you just delete your comment and make them look like they're talking to their self, right? So I was not being different. I, I would start so many arguments. Literally, Anthony and Pastor George would have to call me and be like, hey, you think you could tone it down a little bit? Like... My pastor literally told me, listen, um, I totally get what you're doing. And he did it like the most loving way possible, right? I totally get what you're doing, but let's just think about this for a second. All people are seeing is division in the kingdom. It shut me up so fast. I, I didn't comment on like a single Facebook post for like two years after that. Not even like happy birthday or I was scarred from commenting everything. Because I went, I went ham, but I wasn't going in trying to be loving about it. See, there's, there's love, there's correction in love. If I was going about it in a loving way, in a generous way, with my life, it'd be a little different. But I wasn't doing that. I was literally trying to prove I'm smarter than you. And a lot of times, all these social media debates and all this other stuff, that's, that's what happens. It's not anybody. I, I talked to Pastor Marquez about this a, a couple times. Nobody's trying to educate anybody. Everybody's just trying to make you look dumb and them look smart. And I'm like, guys, that's not the way. It took me a couple years to realize that, but I realize it now. And I want to show you the light. Like, we, we need to be symbols of love. To people, and again, that doesn't mean that there's no correction or there's no enlightening people or anything like that. What it means is, though, your heart should be a little bit more concerned with their heart rather than your ego and the way you look. And that's what giving your life is about. Giving your life is being so focused on their heart and what the Lord can do in them that I don't care how I look. I'm totally down to look stupid. And that, you know, that takes some work, if we could be honest. Nobody, nobody wants to look stupid, right? But sometimes the Lord is literally like, yeah, I know. You might look a little dumb, right? But it'll be worth it. Like, I promise you. And, and there have been times where I've stepped out of my comfort zone a little bit. And I've looked a little strange. I have looked a little strange. I'm not going to lie to you. But let me tell you the overall feeling of satisfaction that I felt when I knew, doesn't matter how I looked, I just did what, 
what God asked me to. I literally embodied the scripture of living my life as a sacrifice. I laid down my pride. I laid down my comfort. I laid down my opinions, my political views. I laid it all down and said, God, use me how you want me to be used. Use, what do you need in this situation? I'll give it all up. I'll give up everything I think of to just be that sacrifice to you. I want to live my life as the offering. My life is the offering here. It is a daily choice. A daily choice. It is a daily choice not to stir the pot, might I say. You know when like, you can, all right, I'm going to be real with y'all for a second. Not to stir the pot. When like, you can see like a little friction happening right here. And you know, if I just say this one little thing, it's going to explode. It's going to be the most entertaining thing on the planet to watch. Because I get to step back and be like, well, I didn't do nothing. I wasn't part of this, right? It, it, it takes effort not to stir the pot. Maybe just for me, if I could be honest with you. But that's like, that's another way to be different, Right? Another way to be different, not to stir the pot, not to egg people on, not to, to, not to allow these things to go on around you either, to be that different. See, when you're different, people want to people know why you're different. There's a reason why we don't think the way that other people think. And if you ever, like, see somebody stand out, you almost want to ask them, like, what are you doing, Right? That, that is what people should be asking us. Hey, um, I noticed that in this, in this group chat or something like that, y'all were picking on somebody. Like we were, we were kind of like making fun of so-and-so. And you didn't chime in on that. Why? That's all I need is a why. All we need is the why. All we need is the question. All I need to do is spark a little bit of curiosity in somebody. And then my paramedic, my paramedic sirens can go on. Be like, ah, I'll tell you why. See, I experienced this love, right? That's like no other. And although I enjoyed the way we used to talk about people and laugh about people, although I enjoyed that, it is nothing in comparison to the joy I get knowing that the Lord is pleased in me, right? It's nothing compared to the joy that I get knowing how much the Lord loves me. And he looks at me and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. There is no comparison to that joy. So you want to know why I'm acting a little different? You want to know why I'm not the same person I was a couple months ago? You want to know why you, you feel a little weird around me now? Because there is something weird about me now. There is something different about me that you're not used to. And I'd like to get you used to it if you don't mind. All we need to do is live our lives like that car and stand out. Don't be so quick to blend in when you were made to stand out. If you look at Romans 12 again, right towards the end here, it says, fix your eyes and attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you. The speaker got in my way. Um, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. So, keyword there is develops. You will not make this decision today and be like, God, I'm going to live the rest of my life in generosity as a sacrifice for you and be completely changed overnight. He has to develop that well-formed maturity. It's got to be a daily choice. And that only comes from spending time with him, right? Like maybe worshiping for a little bit in the car, praying in the car. I do most of my stuff in the car because I drive a lot. But it's just that, that the more I spend time with the Lord, the more I develop the character of the Lord. The more I develop the character of Jesus, right? The more I spend time, they, I'd always heard growing up, show me who you're with, I'll show you who you are. I'm with Jesus. 
So I'm hoping you can see that. I'm hoping my life makes it quite clear who I'm hanging out with all the time. And if it's not, sorry, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep, listen, we, I, I cannot stress this enough. You will not do this perfectly. I still do not do this perfectly. But the effort needs to be there. We need to want to try. Guys, when, I, when I'm telling you it is game on, it is game on. Like, our community needs love more than ever. That is, all the chaos that starts happening typically starts because somebody just needed some love. Like when people get mad easily, they, they just need a little bit of love. And we need to be that love, be different. And the more you spend time with the Lord and the more you live your life as an offering, you will be changed from the inside out. The inside will be developed first. So you might not be able to see it right away. Same thing with your brothers and sisters here. You might not be able to see their change right away. It doesn't mean there's no change happening. It starts on the inside where you can't see first. And then everything flows outside. There's, there's a song by Leland. It's called Where You Are. I just want to be where you are. Something like that. And they do, uh, Bethel did this spontaneous album a couple years ago. And at one point, he's leading the song and he goes, if you clean the inside of the cup, the outside will be clean. So then I started thinking about a literal cup. If I cover it in mud, inside and out, and I put it upside down. Not a good example, but I put it upside down, right? The water's just going to flow along the outside because it can't get inside. And the outside of my cup will still be clean. But if I put water in there to drink, it will not be good. It will be mud water. So it might look all clean on the outside, but the second I taste it, I will know it is not clean on the inside. Change from the inside out. Now, if I do the exact same thing, put mud along the outside, put mud along the inside, and I put the cup the right way, allowing the inside to be filled first, what happens is the water starts to fill up and wash everything on the inside. And when it gets to the top, it starts to flood on the outside. It starts to overflow and clean the outside. So when he's saying live your life as an offering, readily recognize... What he wants for you, uh, be quickly to respond to it. And then he says, fix your eyes and attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. What he's saying is allow the inside work to happen first. Allow what he wants to do on the inside of you to happen first. Regardless of whether you can see it or somebody else can see it. Allow it to happen. Allow the time for it to happen. It doesn't happen overnight. It's still happening years later for me. The Lord is still working on things on the inside. He's going to continue to work on things on the inside. I'm human. I'm designed to fail. He is still going to be working things on the inside. But I can promise you I'm going to continue to fix my attention on him. And the inside will be clean. And the outside will be clean as well. The inside will get clean first. And that will overflow on the outside. The Lord is going to do something inside of me. And then everybody else will be able to see what the Lord's done on the outside. And that's when they come to me. And they're like, I, I need help. What do I do? There's something different. I'm, listen, there is chaos with COVID. There is chaos in Ukraine. Why do you have no fear? Like, why are you not curled up inside right now? Why, why are you not depressed? I will tell you why. Because I allowed something on the inside of me. I fixed my attention on the Lord, and let me tell you. What happened on the inside of me caused a chain reaction on the outside of me. Can we get the, uh, the worship team? Y'all could come up. The last thing I want to focus on in this verse is actually the very beginning. So it says, take your everyday life, right? You're eating, going to sleep, all this other stuff. Don't become well-adjusted with the world. Fix your attention on the Lord. Be changed from the inside out. Cool. Look at the beginning, though. God helping you. This is what I want you to do with God 
helping you. We cannot do any of this without God's help. And although we're, we're serving the Lord with what we're doing, we also can't do it without him helping us do it right. We can't love the Lord right without the Lord helping us. Right? We can't do anything right without God, quite frankly. Making your life a sacrifice, being different, being your best. What is the requirement? God helping you. It's not for us to do on, on our own. And we get so discouraged sometimes when we slip up and when we fail. And that's, that's everybody. But we get so discouraged because we, we've been relying on ourselves the whole time. Like, God, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm failing, I'm trying, I'm failing. He's like, can you let me help you try? Can, I've never failed. Is God, what God says, not me. I always fail. But he's like, can, can, can I help you? I've never failed, not once. So can, can you turn to me and I can help you take your everyday life and live it as a symbol of devotion to me. I'm the only one that knows what I want, is what the Lord says. I know what I want. So, so come to me and I'll show you what I want. I will help you be what you are supposed to be in this, in, in this community. And you know, when, when generosity, when people think of the word generosity, right? Everybody thinks of finances. So I kind of want to key in on that for a second. God helping you. That, that is part of your everyday life. Your finances are part of your everyday life. So what if, what if when we gave, we gave with the heart of God helping us? You know, you're, when you're tithing and, and, and you're giving your offering, God is far less concerned with the actual amount of money that you're putting in and far more concerned with the fact that you're trusting him with it. You're trusting him to make up that 10%, right? The Bible talks about 10% tithing and things like that. You are trusting God to make up for that 10%. God, I'm, I'm going to put it in your hands. But like, like Pastor Roe was saying, some of us are a little short. I am. Paycheck to paycheck right here. This guy. 10%? That, that does something to me. So, God, if I'm going to do this, I need your help. That is the only way I'm going to get through this. If I do this, I might be short on rent, but... I am just going to trust you because I'm doing it with you helping me. I'm not just giving a dollar amount because it's what I'm supposed to do. I'm not just giving my life because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm doing this all with your help. And if you do it with the Lord's help, it will not be in vain. Whether you're giving a dollar, a thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars, extra grace on two hundred thousand dollars. It doesn't matter. You're doing it with the Lord's help. And I promise you, I promise you, he will not leave you hanging. He's never left me hanging once. Not a single time. There was one point in time, I could not afford a one bedroom in Elizabeth. It was me, my wife, and my two kids. Four of us were in a one bedroom apartment in Elizabeth. I had to convert our living room into a bedroom and take the actual bedroom and turn that into my daughter and my son's room. I could not afford where I was. I did not get a new job. I did not get paid more, but I started giving. I am in a two bedroom apartment in Piscataway, a beautiful neighborhood. It is a nice, big size, big size apartment in a beautiful neighborhood right around the corner from where my daughter goes to school. My son has room to run all over the place. The community is great. And I make not a single dollar more a month. Not a single dollar more. But what I decided to do was put my trust, that 10% that I'm giving, I was like, God, I'm just going to trust you with it. I can barely survive on what I'm making now. I'm able to afford an apartment that's $500 more a month and still not making a dollar more than I was now. Somehow, I don't know how, but I can tell you, God's helping me. He's helping me. If you guys can stand all over the room, I want to make this call. If you, if you feel like, if you feel like you want to take this step today, one, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but two, also living your life as an offering unto the Lord.
living your life with generosity, allowing every decision you make to be with generosity unto the Lord and unto others and what they need. I want to ask you to either you want to raise your hand, bring it to the front. All right, cool. Come to the front. So if that's what you want to do, we'll come to the front. And I want to encourage you. The Lord is not going to step in where he's not asked. He's a gentleman. So we're going to ask, Lord, help me. Help me do this. I can't do this apart from you. I can't do this apart from you. Jesus is the name above every name. There is no type of money that is more important than him. There is no type of fear that is greater than him. There is no type of anxiety, depression. There is nothing on this planet that you can think of. And you can think of a million things. There's enough movies to talk about it. What opposition you can have. There is nothing greater than the name of Jesus. There's nothing greater than our Lord. So we're going to ask him, Lord, help us. Help us live our lives with generosity. So all over the room, just extend your hand out right now. Lord, we thank you for who you are, God. We thank you for what you are doing in our lives. God, we are ready to live our lives as an offering in generosity to this community for you, Lord. Now, all I'm asking is that you help me do this, God. I cannot do it within my own strength. I cannot do it within my own mentality, God. Change whatever needs to be changed on the inside, God, to allow the outside to match what you are doing. God, I'm laying my heart down for you to for you to take as your own, living as an offering, a symbol of devotion to you. So Jesus, we just ask you to take control right now, God. Take control. Come on and sing out the greatest name on the planet. Come on.